Hello and welcome to episode 62 Fish Across the Pond, Marlin's UK podcast. I'm your host, Peter Pratt, and the goats are back in town. Lee Dobbs in the lead-off spot. Lee, how are we? I'm as great as always. You know, we'll be, we're coming off a Marlin's win. Absolutely. In the two-hole, Dan the man Healy. Dan, how are we? I'm very, very well, Pete. Thank you. I thought you were going to say very horizontal. <laughs> I'm very horizontal, very tired, but I'm very well because my teams are winning at the moment. There we go. Multiple in there. We'll get to that later. Don't you worry. Um, and in his rightful spot, as always, in the cleanup spot, Rob Newell. How are we? I'm as unhittable as a Trevor Rogers fastball. Doing good. Good man. Guys. It's been one month to the day since we last recorded. So great to have you boys back. The full goat entourage is here. And the other thing, guys, I like the way this has played out. We are recording straight after a UK-friendly game. We've never done this before, I don't think, anyway. So I actually like this idea. And here's the good news. The Marlins have just spanked, okay, maybe overdoing it, but they've just spanked the Braves in the opener. Jose Ureña back on the mound. Marlins win in extras. So, wow, that that was intense. Lee Dobbs, try and summarize that win for me if you can. Nervy. (laughs) (laughs) Well described, well summarized. I mean, we... I mean, we blew it, you know, blew it again in, in the ninth. Got got the tenth when it actually felt like we'd scored more than one. Mm. I was like, oh, well, that, you know, it's, it's only one. And then I thought, oh, we're going to blow it again once, once they got the man on third. But no, we no, we came through, got the job job done just. But yeah, yeah, yeah you know, it, it, it was a fun, you know, fun game game to watch. You know, we we showed a lot of fight. We were down, what was it three one at one point? You know, you know we, we chipped chipped away. So yeah, you know, overall it's a good good win and you know a much needed win, you know, win as well against the Braves to start off the series well. Absolutely. Um what did what did you make of Mr. Rose Ureña first start yeah, of the season? Obviously he looked a bit dodgy to to begin with, but I was pleased <laughs> yeah, I, I was I was pleased with the way he settled down. Yeah. Yeah, I was surprised he got through five, was it? I think he he got through. Yeah. Where I thought after the first inning, he was only going to go go three at most. So, so, so to go five, you know, you know, get it, get it to the pen. So, yeah, uh, overall, yeah, you know, it, you know, it's a de- it's a decent start start for him for him to come back, considering it was his first one you know, yeah. of the season. So, yeah, all, all all in all, it was a positive start. So, yeah, you know, it was, you know, it was good. Well, that win takes the boys back to five hundred. We've you know, we've been flirting around this this 500 mark for a you know a couple. Well, last week or so in particular, we've been kind of up and down, up and down, in and around the 500 mark. But we're back, back to 500. Down the man. Just try and put Miguel Rojas's performance into words today, mate. Build him a statue. <laughs> Uh, I just, I just seem like it's all I ever say. I just come on and just wax lyrical about El Capitan. It's just, it just non-stop. It's 
it's just a pleasure. I think, as Lee said, it was a, it was a good game. It was an exciting game today. Um, had a bit of everything. Yeah, great to see uh, Jose back. Um, yeah, not uh, started off a bit rough, then clawed our way back, which showed some good guts. A little bit of a low in the middle, and then we uh, we blow blow a lead, but then again show guts to come back and win it in extras. And uh, and it's all down. Well, it's not all down, but a big part of it is down to once again. Rojas with his Mickey's performance is just brilliant. Four, I think, four hits off of five at bats today. Yeah. Um, just his presence, his fielding, just everything. I can't say enough. And I just seemed like all the same every time we come on, he's just praising Mickey. So uh, yeah, get get this. Yeah, what a stud! Four for five day. I think two doubles, two singles. Um, he's now hitting 375 for the year. Oh, El Capitan, insane! Just, just one other thing. Need to call it out. I, I don't know if even if you if you recall this one, Dan. Um, but his first game back after COVID, he rocks in. We're away at the Nats. Um, I think Corbin's pitching for the Nats. Next thing is three-run Jack first at bat. Incredible yeah. for Miggy Rowe, right? Yeah, there we go. That's what that's what I mean. It's just every, every week is a highlight reel. Um and even when he's not even when he's not on the field, you know, he's on Twitter and his presence and his energy is just a fan through and through and he as I said, he just whatever he's doing, it's a positive thing for this franchise. So uh yeah, yeah uh, long might continue and a friend of the show of course as well. What more can you say? Exactly. One one final bit on Miggy, mate. Is he potentially the most improved player you've seen as a Marlin in, in your time watching a game? I know you're a similar timeline to me, so yeah, development's uh, been exceptional. Yeah, de- definitely. Definitely. I mean, I've, I've, as I said, I've only been a Marlins fan for a few years, but um, he springs off of the uh, off of the sheet in that sense, uh, in, in every way. So, uh, yeah, I, I honestly can't really think... I know we've had some we've had some good uh, plays and good games with uh, with BA. Um, I think Alfaro's been great since he's come in, but I don't think that I, I, it's probably not even close. I think mm. it's uh, yeah, Miggy completely, completely. Just need to see if he's uh, got some pelvic moves and uh, and then he's uh, and then he's absolutely un, he's in goat territory, isn't he? Oh, I, we need to see him. <laughs> I I need to see you know. VR, the dance partner, has has gone. We'll get yeah. to that in a sec, guys, and and have a, a you know. A, a brief recap on the deadline, but VR's gone. Aguilar needs a dance partner. You know, I feel like Miggy's got it in the locker. So let's see. Maybe Jose might be uh, might be doing it tonight. You know, let's let's see if we get any insider info on that one. Rob Newell, coming to you, buddy. Urania back on the mound. First start there. It, like the guys have mentioned, a little bit rusty to start. Not unexpected. I mean, it's a tough Braves lineup. So. It's a, it's a tough start for him there away. But another Acuna hit by pitch, which was the main talking point, I would say, midway through that game. Um, a, did you see it? I assume you did. I think you were watching the game live, so I think you saw it. Um, was it intentional? Well, I the original problem, I, I remember being on this podcast and questioning it, whether he meant to do it. Because if you take the first inning, Urania, I think, walked uh, Acuna off for five deliveries. And they were all over the place, 95, 96 mile an hour fastballs, all going all over the place. And I I think the problem 
really is, is that um, I think it could, if Urania could have hit anybody. And I just think it's because it hit him. That's mm. where everything just blew up. I did look at the, the, the Twitter, especially the Braves Twitter. I saw, saw Bob Bamber was, oh. was quite vocal, capital letters from Bob, which yes. meant he was clearly shouting at his, uh, uh, at his multiple screen setup he has of, uh, <laughs> of the game. And um, yeah. Hello, so, Bob, as well, by the way. Hope you're doing well listening in. Thanks, Bob. Anyway, sorry, carry on, Rob. Yeah, he's, 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 he's seething with his uh, voodoo doll of, of Jose Urania at the moment. Um, so, I, I, again, I just think it was another opportunity to try and get it close to him. Mm -hmm. But there is part of me that does not, not that I agree with the, the Braves Twitter. You do sometimes wonder, think, it is him. Are you trying to really ruffle him up a little bit? because you're trying to put him off his game. Is this, is this is actually a Marlins tactic? Because, as I said, in that when Acuna first came out in that first inning, Jose was really just pelting them all over the place. <laughs> so is that a tactic? If you can get to, to Ronald Acuna Jr., because they've got this, this, this history in the background, is it putting the Braves off their game? Is that the tactic? I don't know. But otherwise, just looking at that on its own, I just thought it was another slightly wild delivery. And I don't think he meant to do it, but maybe that's my my bias. And um... he did hit Freddie Freeman too, so it wasn't the only batter that he hit during the game. I, it's clear, right? I mean, Acuna doesn't like it there, and not when I mean there, I don't mean on his arm guard. I mean <laughs> high inside. No one likes it there. I've never played baseball, but my assumption is it's uncomfortable. And having watched. Oh, I think it was last night's game or the game before. They were just serving up meatballs right down the middle to Acuna. I mean, you cannot pitch there. You've got to go into his weak zones. And that is inside. And one or two will get away. No, there was, you know, he wasn't hurt. It hit him straight on the arm guard. It wasn't, you know, at his head. It was what it was. Braves Twitter going insane. Like you said, Bomba Bob Bamba. He's, he was absolutely shook after that. He was <laughs> he was seething on on that, and it's just because it was it's because of the history, right? And I get that the first ever time I think there was probably more intent perhaps to it than than this one. For me, this one I, I felt just got away from him. He wanted to pitch it there, and is what it is. But how awesome was it for then? Uh, so he then steals a bag just to rub it in a ranger's face. I'm gonna I'm gonna steal this back, okay. And then I'm just gonna pick you off at second anyway. So yeah, see you later, Ronnie. It was it was a random um sequence of events for sure, but hey, I love that. Loved it the way it played out. So um what are you making, Rob, of this this 2020 Marlins bullpen? <laughs> try and try and pick the bones out of that one if you can so far. I I, I do actually I'm really quite positive on it because um, I, I don't think you you have to stand back from it a little bit. And I've had the, the chance to do that over the last month in just looking back at where we were, let's say, the last couple of seasons and to where we are now. Yes, we've had some days where it's been really disappointing. It was really disappointing that that, that, that the game against the Rays got away with us. You know, we're 3-0 up, um, you know, Rogers you know, pitching incredibly and then it, it just it just crept away. But overall, 
have we really had many massive blow-ups? No. no. And that experience of, like, Kinsler, yeah, he's had a, a couple of more sort of dodgy outings lately. But even so, uh, is he on nine saves now, I think he is? Um, he's eight or nine, yeah. Eight, eight or nine. He, he hadn't blown one before the last two games. Obviously, he's on, he's on a bad run now, but... Right. That, that, that's amazing. Boxberger, who was someone who they kind of really thought might be quite finished. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. His ERA is 1.38. Um, Hoyts, which um, you, uh, last time was on this podcast, we talked about him. And I know you, you're you now a big fan of him. Yeah. Um, uh, Donnie does trust him. And he did it again to to get sort of Josh A. Smith out of a, a bit of a jam. And Josh A. Smith is another good one as well, actually. Um, someone who is quite reliable in that position to eat a couple of innings up like he, he done today. So just looking at the bullpen that we've had there is quite good. But even some of the other um, uh, players that we've had in and out, I know not all of them uh, have, um, have, have performed fantastically, but just remember where they've all come from. I think that's the, the, this isn't a, a bullpen that we've kind of built especially. This is the post-COVID problems. And if I go down some of the list of these pitchers, some of them you've probably already have forgotten. Mike Morin, uh, Jesus Tinoco, Pat Vendette. Yeah, he was he was brilliant. Um, and uh, Brandon Liebrand, considering um, you know he was in the Trevor Richards scenario, someone who's come from the independent leagues, and then up until you know uh, a few days ago, hadn't even given up a run. So to pick these players out in, in a bullpen, which is makeshift, is absolutely fantastic. I think Nick Vincent overall has been pretty good as well. Richard Blair, I think, would have been better if he hadn't got injured, but has, has been solid at times. Yes, they have their blow-ups, and sometimes it doesn't work. But overall, for a makeshift bullpen, I don't think you could, got, could have got much better. It's got Magic Mike Hill's hands all over it. I mean, you know, the thing is with this bullpen... Rob, I think you've hit the nail on the head. This bullpen is the best bullpen I've seen the Marlins have for for uh, you know, all the time I've watched the team. So that's four years or four seasons. It, it's definitely the best. The back end of the pen was built. You know, they they got Kinsler in. I think it's a two-year deal. Or there's an option on Kinsler. So they committed to him. They got Boxberger in, committed early to Box. Like, you knew high leverage. Box was in there. You know, the, the seven eight nine in Donnie's head going into the year was Yimmy Garcia, Boxberger, Kinsler. That's your seven eight nine. And the those guys are, are standing up to it in my opinion. They're doing well. And then you've got some you know, some other nuggets that we've kind of picked out of nowhere. Hoyt in particular, he's the one that's really stood out that has come out of nowhere really. And has been very impressive. And Nick Vincent also today, it's his third save actually for Vincent. He loves rolling double plays. Think back to that um, O series when we were just back off the COVID. We had no one. Nick Vincent was, you know, I mean, he was a couple of pitches away from starting games, I think, to be honest, the way it was going. And he rolled some big, big key double plays and stood up, you know, stood up to the test. So liking what I'm seeing from the bullpen. And, I, you know, yesterday, guys, we got to see two innings from Yimmy Garcia. And I tell you what impressive two innings there. I know we did the game didn't go our way, but bullpen's looking sharp, guys, I think. Um, Lee, back to you, mate. Let's let's quickly run through this rotation, mate. Let's, let's kind of spice this up now. Jose's back in town. We've got double headers coming up, but 
since we last spoke, guys, Sixto is up. And Sixto is insane. Absolutely insane. Lee Dobbs, you, you saw a lot of Jose when you followed the team before me. Yeah. How, you know, is it similar? Is it similar to watching Jose, that type of picture? Yeah, for, you know, for, for, for you know, the like, you know, excitement levels of, you know, like, you know for, for, for what, for, for like, when, when he's pitching, you know, it, it makes you watch. You know, yeah. you know, you know if, if you're going to stay, stay up to watch a game, you know, you, you make sure that it's going to be a 6 to start. You know, and, and, and that, yeah, that was, was the same, same like Jose. It was, it was same. It was the same with Willis when 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 he was on fire. You know, you know back in like two thousand five season and things like that. So yeah, yeah, you know, he's he he is really good. You know, he's come come. You know, you, you, you know like as advertised. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's just a shame there's no fans there to see it because 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 I think he would put 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 the bums. You know, you know, in seats. But yeah, I mean, it's I mean, free starts. So they they've all been been good. You know, he's going deep deep into games as well. Mm-hmm. I think he's he's only walked one. I think yeah, yeah, for for you know for a young a young pitcher, you know, he's good. You know, he's, you're you're used to them coming in, you know, you know a bit loose, but yeah. no, he's he's come come straight in. You know, he strikes, he's, he's striking guys out. You know, so he controls good. Yeah, you know, but, but he's just a tip tip because we got Rogers as well. You know, who we alluded to earlier on, you know, it was a strikeout machine. <laughs> so, yeah. so far, you know, he's been good. You got Sandy rolling. I know he had that one poor start, but but he re, you know, rebounded well. Pablo as well. I know he had a rough start last time, but you know, overall, those four. And if we add in, you know, you know, you know, you know like Urania as well. I mean, that's a that, that's a solid five five there for, you know, and it. It will will be a be a danger danger you know in the playoffs. Well, that's to the point, mate. This is what I was thinking was, you know, the format this year, um, the way it works and the seedings and whatnot. The wild card round becomes a three game shootout, but you know, lowest seed at the highest seed. So three, and that's at the moment. We don't know how bubbles will play out. You know, to be determined, I guess. But you know, let's say the Marlins are a seventh eighth seed. We're probably gonna you know we'll sneak in, let's say, and we will travel to. I don't know. You try not to get in the eighth seed and have to go to, to LA. You mean you really don't want that one? But you know, let's say you can get in the seventh seed and you take any of them higher seeds—the Cubs, the Braves, whatever. You roll into town. You've got three games, and going back to back to back is Sandy, Pablo, Sixto in some sort of order. The Marlins are not going to be blown out. They are going to be hanging tough in that series, no matter who it's against. Yeah. I don't care. You can line up whoever you want. I'm going to throw in the Dodgers too. We will hang tough with the Dodgers if we have a three-game set there with those three studs. I'm, you know, get it booked. I think if we get in, and I know we're getting in, I think we're going to win a wild card series, no matter who it's against. Even the Dodgers, I think we'll knock them off. So, bold. I, you know, <laughs> health warning here, guys. To the listeners, you've just watched the Marlins game in full. It's now quarter to 11 UK time. This is my seventh beer, possibly. <laughs> Lots of count. Juices are flowing. Dan the man, how wild are my predictions here? <laughs> man, that, that, was, that was hype. 
That was absolute <laughs> clap, and I am absolutely here for it. The, the, you know me, Pete. That all I got to do there, you might have just seen me there. You going off on one in full flow, and I'm just sitting here like a nodding dog <laughs> with a big grin on my face because that's what I'm all about. I love that. You, you, you. It doesn't take much to sell me on anything that Miami do. So, um, but it is nice to you know when when you back up a bit of confidence with actual facts as well. It mm. does get you excited. So when you yeah, you have got that rotation that you're talking about and you have got some um, some strong bats and some power and you have got a very tight-knit team um, and you look at what this team has achieved in in the circumstances that have come about them and it is exciting. So, yeah, why not us? Why can't you uh, you get involved? And, and as I say, um, you know, th- those pitchers there, they, they can... They can roll it with anybody. So, yeah, you, you're you in your full flow there, and I'm well and truly behind you. Yeah, absolutely for the hype, mate. There's definitely a sound clip in there somewhere that will there be is. surfacing somewhere tomorrow on Twitter. No doubt about that. So um, <laughs> let's let's briefly flip over to the offensive side. It's, it's more of a mixed bag, I would describe it as. We've been hot and cold, and, you know, people have – you know, it's been a bit streaky and there's been a few injuries and stuff that have kind of played into that. But, you know, the one guy I, I want to touch on immediately <clears throat> and uh, drum roll, drum roll, we're going to talk about an offensive breakout for Lewis Brinson, who to mm. me, he's he's loving it. He's just destroying balls-ish. Okay, uh, when I say destroying, he's not hit 10 homers this week, but he's, his approach looks much better. He's hitting balls hard. Um, he's stealing bags, but Lewis Brinson has he has he done enough? Do you think to stick around now for the rest of this season and and beyond? Because this is a big year for him. What's your thoughts on that one? Uh, for this season, I think yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it's all about just baby steps, and it, we we haven't seen anything in his career to suggest that he should be here for the long term. But I think that which is a shame because we know what he's got in his locker. But I think that these last few weeks, and I saw you asked him direct um, the uh, the other day, Pete, when you asked him this, you're playing with the most confidence. Would you agree with that? And he did. Um, so, um, yeah, I think that's all you can ask. You know, when, when players are riding the wave, then, um, yeah, you, you roll with it. And it's great to see uh, Lewis with finally hitting some form and enjoying his baseball um, because, He's, he's a player. We've got a player there. He's got he's got that talent. So uh, I hope so. I hope he sticks around for the rest of this season. Definitely. Yeah, I, I guess with Harold Ramirez, obviously, yeah, uh, he's on the sixty day as of today or whatever. Anyway, he's on the sixty day now, so which effectively probably ends his season. And um, you know, for me, you've got a clear platoon situation going on with with Lewis and Joycey. Um, they'll. They'll kind of flip flop depending on you know righty lefty matchup. So I think that's kind of locked in for the rest of the year. In centre field for the rest of the year and next year is Starling Marte. And whoo, what an impression he made first up. First game, two run jack to win it. Massive, massive acquisition from Mike Hill, in my opinion. What's your thoughts on that one, buddy? Yeah, I mean he's um he's looked good and he was good last night as well. Another um another double, I think, double home run. So um yeah, I've I've been I haven't seen a lot of him, but um yeah, as you say, it's a big acquisition. Um, you can't do better than come in and just whack, whack home runs on your first game like he did. Um, that's a pretty good introduction. So uh, it's exciting. I think um shame to see VR go. 
um you know short but sweet but fond memories from, from vr but uh yeah um yeah Marte, and nice to have another style in the marlin in the dressing room <laughs> absolutely the the only negative i say the only negative we we do, I do need to ask you this mate it's going to be a an emotional moment for you but <laughs> dr k he's off to he's off to the d-backs um just try and summarise how much enjoyment you took watching Dr. K in the past couple of years, mate. Yeah, I did. And, um, you know, he goes with, with uh, fond wishes. I think that he he's, it was a shame because the injury came at a real bad time for him because he was on fire. He was our ace up until that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just didn't come back with with anything like um, the velocity or anything. You know, just nothing really a shadow of the player, really, which was a real shame. Um, but, you know, he was my guy. Um I think when you saw him in rhythm, there was fewer things that was uh, that was ex- as exciting as watching him pitch. So uh, yeah, Doctor KKKK. Um, I, I, yeah, I do wish him the best, but uh, yeah, it's just a shame because um, he, he was at one point absolutely lights out for the Marlins. Um, just never never quite got that form back after the injury. But uh, yeah, um, sad to see him go. Nevertheless, agreed. Top dude. Um, a lot of people around the clubhouse as well. I've spoken to since have, have said how, how much they enjoyed. You know him as a person too, and I know when I spoke to Miggy as well, he was you know talking very fondly of Doctor K. So, you know, it's tough. It was a numbers game, I guess. Um, you know, the Marlins now we have arms for days, literally mm. arms for days, and so you know when you get a a certified All Star Gold Glover centre fielder under you know team control for the next year and a half. You know, it feels like the right move. I, I guess Monte was up. It it was clear that Monte still had some room to grow and develop. And so yeah. there was that void in centre field. And, you know, they filled it. And, you know, Monte's you know, got plenty of time to kick on. And he's obviously back up today. And so we'll we'll track him. But I think the Marlins, for me, made a, made a nice move. You know, they had a, a depth. They had depth in pitching. And they acquired an all-star centre fielder, which... Yeah. They're not easy to come by. So, you know, it was interesting. Rob, save this one for you, mate. Of course, this segment, this is the prospect watch segment. And I mean, there's been so many since we spoke a month ago, mate. There has been, I just mentioned there's been arms for days. The Marlins have arms for days, but wow, they've got prospects for days. It's insane. Um, I want to start actually with, with Lewin Diaz, who... Uh, you know, he hasn't been destroying baseballs, but what have you seen from Lewin, mate, so far? Um, I think in a regular season, he would have started off at Wichita and got into a rhythm and then sort of come up when he needed to. Uh, I think the problem is at the moment is that anybody who comes up has got to hit. And that's putting a bit of pressure on like him and Monte Harrison. Um, whereas in a, a regular season, they can come up for a bit, you know, get bedded in and come back again. It's very tricky. So mm. I think you've seen, it's been an interesting juxtaposition between the pitchers that have come up. Um, even, I know, sort of Humberto Mejia, who was obviously traded away, you know, looked fairly, fairly good. And, um, and Trevor Rogers has looked fantastic, considering that they are from a, you know, an A ball, you know, a plus double A level. That's absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, if you try and do that 
with the you know the the the, the hitters, the batters. It's, it doesn't seem to work so far. It just feels like he needs a bit more time. I think he's a good fielder, um, and he's love uh, the smooth on it. Yeah, the glove is is slick. Are you, are you talking about Lewin now? Still sorry, not Monte. Yeah, right? so I talk about Lewin, and I, 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 you know, if it was, I, I, I really like Aguiar at, at first base. Mm-hmm. I, I like the, you know, someone, you know, is a big guy. How he can do the splits <laughs> and get catches. But you can see where we're kind of going, really, with that position. You know, he's not going to be there forever, and you really want somebody. They, they, he, you've got somebody who's really athletic that can play in that position. I think he's actually had a few decent at-bats, but it's just going to take him time. It's not someone to kind of sort of write off, really. If you just look at his sort of stats at the moment, he's only batting 154, very low um, OPS. And um, he's had, you know, he's had a couple of uh, second bases. So, but weren't we in the same position talking about someone like Lewis Brinson? Give him a bit of time, they get bedded in, and they'll be there. So I'd rather... You know, I know they they put like Eddie Alvarez up and down again, and he looked really good when he came in and tailed off a bit. And but why not do that with the players? Switch them in and out a little bit, give them that little bit of experience because we're going to need them maybe in the postseason, but definitely next year. Um, I but I still like the look of Lewin. I just think it's just a little bit too early. Yeah, yeah. I, you you've summarised it perfectly there, mate. It's what I was thinking too, where the pitchers have come up and excelled. The young dudes have come up and just delivered straight away, like hit the ground running. Unfortunately, none of the hitters have. Not one of them have come up and, you know, no one's hitting even 250 of any of them. And so, you know, that's... It's it's disappointing in some ways because we're all pulling so hard for them. Like, you know, we want, we want Jesus Sanchez to come up and just rake... And just destroy it, and you go right. Hey Zeus, excellent! You're in right field now. The rest rest of the season, big lad, crack on. Uh, you know, Lewin. It won't be the same situation because Aguilar's there at first base too, and Coop's in you know in that mix too. So you've got three guys. They're going to mix and match. So Lewin will probably never be every day, um, let's say. But um, you know, he's the same. The other one um, that's come up, which has got a lot of attention, a lot of buzz, is Jazz. Um, on the on a pregame call, I've not seen as much interest in a player this year than Jazz Chisholm. The everyone wanted to know, everyone was interested in the story, and uh, part of that is um, because of the backstory, I guess. But equally, he's just a very engaging guy, very active in social media, and so a lot of people just want to engage with the guy. They want to, you know, understand more. But he's up, mate. Um, Hitting wise, it's similar, you know, one or two hits, but the glove as well looks good. I mean, you know, the hitters really, we could probably all put them in the same box that they all, you know, they're not quite hitting yet, right? If the the Jazz Chisholm one is interesting because of of what we had to trade to get him Mm -hmm. and and how good that person we've traded has ended up being. Um, and someone, you know, I, I, I don't even want to, to, to go through how, how much we talked about, you know, the, the you know, the, the risk of that trade. But the, the, remember, the reason why we went for him and traded away so much was on the basis that Jeter liked the look of him. And when you watch him, and especially when he's sort of in the shortstop position, you can tell that 
he's got that Jeter-esque kind of athleticism, incredibly quick reactions, um, sort of bullets, sort of uh, uh, throws. And, uh, he, he's obviously incredibly good in the outfield. Again, you just want to give the guy time. And he's got time because Miggy's doing so well. So he yep. can he can just spend that little bit of time. And if he gets in the groove, then, well, you've just got the complete shortstop, haven't you? And, um, you know, the, 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 the problem is, is that is if he ends up just being a good fielder, but doesn't do it with the bat, and it's way, way too early to say this now, then you look at the trade and think, you know, blimey, Gallon's an ace. He's an amazing player. We knew it when we saw him yeah. in New Orleans. And what have we just done? Um, but if if Jazz does, and we really, really want it, that, you know, representing rep, his representation on the Great Britain baseball team, all the rest of it, you know, we've got a, a vested interest. Just give him time. Mm-hmm. And as I said before, he would have spent time in Wichita and built it up and, and probably come in this time of the season, a normal 162-game season. It'll probably popped up in sort of August time, September yeah. time, after a really, really strong season in Wichita uh, and bedded in straight away. It's difficult for them. They're in the same position as, as any other player, that they've got the shortened season, training's all over the place, and now they've got to, you know, have their cup of coffee in the majors. So it's, 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 it is tough. It, it is, no doubt. I mean... The Gallon stuff is interesting. Gallon has, has obviously kicked on. And so you're right to call that out. Jazz, um, he'll be a very likable character. He looks very handy in the field, but the dude needs to hit. He has to. Um, otherwise, uh, it will not look good. Because to me, Gallon has progressed on. Actually, Gallon's kicked on even more so than, than where he was when, when he was with the Marlins, albeit. We didn't see him loads, but to me, he's gone up another level. You know, Yelich went up another level. Yelich never had a season with the Marlins like he then went on to have. So, you know, players progress and develop, right? But Jazz has to hit. He has to. And I think he will. I think he will. I've liked what I've seen from Jazz. I actually think now the way this, that things are playing out, Miggy Rowe, you know, he has to play every day. Pretty much, I mean, maybe, you know, have one day off a week max. We've got double headers coming up, but Miggy Rose playing shortstop every day. So Jazz Chisholm looks to me at the moment like he's going to play every day second base. He's been working in, in Jupiter at second base, seemingly. I think, you know, as soon as Isan opted out, um, they obviously knew what they were thinking with VR. Come to VR in a sec, but, um, you know, they... They were thinking about moving him. They knew that there was potentially a vacancy there. Eddie Alvarez, you know, okay. He's, you know, he's okay, but, you know, they were ready to press the button on Jazz, get him up. Um, and, uh, you know, I think he has a good chance that he's going to play the rest of the year at second base, I think, which, will, you know, is interesting. So just, just on VR, Lee Dobbs. Oh, we only saw a month of VR. What what can you make of VR in that time? I mean, I hadn't really seen much of him before. What's it, what was your take of, of him generally as a player, mate? Yeah, he was very, I don't know, you know up and down, down, down wasn't he? <laughs> you know, you know, one minute he was, all, he was all spark and you know, you know, you know, home runs and you know, RBIs, stolen bases. But some of his fielding you know, wasn't always the best. And 
he had yeah frustration of hitting in, into like you know double plays and just just I just yeah it was, it was just just really weird how I don't think he quite quite delivered as we we hoped but I mean I mean he I mean he, he did have some home runs and there was a time obviously when you know, he, he was one of the ones that, that did stay with the team he you know he he didn't get get the virus so 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 we we did see a bit of him but yeah I don't think we would have kept him you know beyond this year anyway so it it was it it was good to get some something for him and obviously we then saw him again straight away mm. and yeah and he was having a nightmare game so. <laughs> on the bases he was right yeah and I think Field, like he hit a couple I think he hit okay that day but yeah you're right I mean it just summed him up perfectly that that yeah. the series the two games set with him as a as a Blue Jay back in Marlins Park summed him up perfectly the dude has all of the tools yeah he's a toolsy guy but his yeah, head yeah. isn't there yeah. his head scrambled <laughs> he's just headshot and he's um, a liability in many and fielding wise yeah. is terrible. Uh, Anita took just on terrible fielding. I, I, this, <laughs> this is unfair. I don't like having like negative going, segments, yeah. but we need to talk about this. Uh, I'll start with you, Lee, because you know you're on the seat right now. Corey Dickerson, <laughs> what is going on with his glove? What? Today he, he needs a new one. I think. <laughs> well, that that play today that that was awful. Wasn't it? I, that was terrible. It isn't his worst play in no, that's, 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 that's how bad he's been, isn't it? Like, yeah, I mean, if we could put him at DH, it'd be perfect. But I think we need him in the field at the minute because we obviously be yeah, with others who, who we need to play, you know, at at, at like, you know, the DH spot. So yeah, he he has to, to play play the field really. But mm-hmm. yeah, he is a, a liability as well, you know, in in that corner. <laughs> I mean, it, if he's hitting, it's all right. His bat hasn't been great either. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with him at the minute, but yeah, it's, I mean, please back and wake up as well because that because he's I mean he's not been hitting all that great as well. So but yeah, but I mean, obviously he's he's going to stay there. So we just hope he can can learn a bit <laughs> a bit more. Yeah, I mean he's on a two year deal, right? So he's yeah. he'll be back next year, and you know. It's been, I found Dickerson weird. I found it a weird season for him. I mean, it's a short season. I mean, we've only played, you know, yeah. 36 games. Yeah. I'm absolutely knackered and we've only played 36 games. Like, it's, I'm not sure I could actually follow the Marlins in a full season if they're in it for 162 plus a postseason. Like, I'd be dead. So, <laughs> I think as well that we've seen across the whole league that the hitters are struggling a lot more. Mm-hmm. You know, with the sort of format than than the pitchers are. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of good good hitters, you know, you know, who are struggling. So you know, it's not just the Marlins. And 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 and, and as as Rob said, you know, like the rookies are coming up. They're not coming up how they normally would. You know, by playing every day and then coming coming up. They're just playing at the you know, you know training site. Mm-hmm. Like they're playing against each other, but it's not the same. So, yeah, so so I think for for the rookies they sort of get a free free pass, you know, for, yeah, for, for for this season really. Yeah. I mean, obviously it'd be, it'd be good to see them hit hit well, but if they, I'm not too concerned if they don't yet. Yeah, you know, I don't think it's going to be a bit like a Brinson you know situation where we're we're wondering in two years time, you know, it, if uh, they 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 worked out. So so yeah, I mean, hope hopefully they can all can, can all start hitting because the pitching looks you know you know is there. 
So if the bats can come alive a bit more, then you know, second place is is there. I think. So, I mean, it doesn't even have to be second. I mean, good no. segment, mate. We're going to finish this pod last five minutes, guys, on you know where things are at and where we see how we see things shaping up, um, and a little bit of a look ahead. You know, we're we're at five hundred now after that win. We're now in a twenty-four game sprint. When you strip it back, lads, that's what it is. It's 24 games to go. We've got, you know, Eliezer's on the IL and he's done for the year. But other than that, we've got our pitchers ready to rock and roll. Bullpen is healthy. I mean, to me, if they'd have said that to us at the start of the year, 24 games to go, you're at 500. Would you take it? Absolutely, I'd have taken it. Um, uh, So... The Phillies have just played and they just won as well. So they've won and the Mets have lost. I don't actually know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. You know, with the wild card thing, and we've obviously beaten the Braves. So we're now third in the division um, at 500. The Braves are two games back of us and we're a game and a half back of the Phillies. But postseason-wise, I think that win, as things stand right now, maybe bumps us into the eighth seed. I don't know. I mean, there's games to come later on tonight, probably. So... Everything's evolving. Dan, I know I was exuberant when we talked about playoff chances and the way that, you know, let, beyond the Marlins making it yes or no, how do you see this actual NL East shaping up? Like, who who are you, you thinking is going to get in? And I know the Marlins going to get in. Oh, God, it's just... Um, it's, it's a crash. It's anyone's, it's, it's anyone's guess, isn't it, really? I mean, it's... Uh... It's such a strange season, and and you're right in what you said. You know, if someone had said to you at this point, you're 24 games away and you're in you're in touch and distance, you would take it. Of course, you would, um, especially when you look at what's been thrown at the Marlins. You know, through, you know, what's happened, everything, and how we've come through it, and now we've actually got a pretty healthy roster to finish the climax to this season. Mm-hmm. We've the only thing I think. It, 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 uh, it's, it's a bit tough because we've got uh, quite a few back-to-backs. I think, ever, am I right in here? We've got, we've got something like 15 games in a row or something yeah. stupid at Marlins Park. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if that's a good yeah. thing. You know? <laughs> so, um, it's uh, it's really, really anyone's guess. I think, um, you know, the back-to-backs uh, is going to be tricky. Um, oh, Pete, I just don't know. I think you, you look at it and you think, oh, I think the Braves are in, you know, decent shape. I think the Phillies are hitting good form at the right time, but there's still a long way to go. Still a long way to go. And we're at the moment, we're still only, I think, three and a half games back at the moment. So uh, that's not, you know, we're, we're touching distance. We're in the pack and that's exciting. We shall see. I think that it's... Um, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. But I think that there's, there's something in the stars that might say that Marlins are going to get to this postseason for what they've had to deal with and how they come through it. Um, and uh, I think that'd be, uh, that, that'd be fun to, to watch, to see how this uh, unfolds for the rest of this season. If the Marlins get in, mate, is, uh, and whatever seed it is, doesn't matter. If they make it, is Don Mattingly the manager of the year? I think that you would have to say he's, he's in the 100% with a shout. And just, but just the, the, the team in general, uh, you, you can't do anything but tip your hat to him. I think that uh, they've gone through so much. So to, to get this team for what they've had to deal with into the playoffs is incredible. And mm-hmm. Mattingly should take a massive, massive role, as well as a lot of the others and Hill and, and the players that are coming through with, with no 
major league experience and just picking up whoever they could off of waivers to get to get this in and uh, to be in with a shout is um is incredible. It is incredible. So yeah. we should say we should say, but um yeah, it's going to be fun. That's for well, sure. That, that period you mentioned. The, the homestand. We've been on the road. We've been road warriors yeah. all season. We've yeah. been absolutely insane on the road. Terrible at Marlins Park. That needs yeah. to change. We've got 15 games, starting with a seven-game series with the Phillies. So we that should have a lot. That that should have a lot to say with this as well. I think that's going to yeah. have a huge say in what what happens in uh, in postseason or not. Um, but yeah, you know, if we get there, then why not us? Absolutely. Phillies, Red Sox, Nats. That's the homestand. You look at it and go, you know, listen, the Phillies, they're riding a wave. But, you know, for me, when I look at last night's performance from the Phillies, when you've got DeGrom on the mound, they came out and they destroyed, the Mets destroyed them 14-1. You know, yes, the Phillies' offense is dangerous. But when you're serving meatballs, Balls travel, right? But when you put the Grom on the mound and they shut the offense down quickly, the Phillies can look bang average. So, yeah. you know, they've got a lot of hitters that want to hit balls hard. Um, I think we match up really well to the Phillies, really well. Um, so I think we'll take that series. I think we'll take it. I think Phillies maybe will get two of them. I think we'll get five. So there you go. Um, that's that one. The Red Sox will roll into town. They're absolutely terrible. Put them in the bin um, already. <laughs> And the Nats, to be honest, Rob, your favourites, they're in the bin too. I don't know what's going on with them, but them boys look, they look beat. Um, you know, they're out of it this year. Fat Cats, too much champagne, as Macho Marlin's man would say. That was that was his assessment of the Nats, and I, I don't think he was wrong. Um, how do you see it playing out, mate, you know, in this NL East? It, I mean, probably Dan summarised it pretty well already, I guess. Yeah, the only, the only risk here is the fact that it's a short season. And there was, if you kind of, um, I don't know, say a couple of weeks ago, then turned off your internet for two weeks and didn't look at anything, you'd look at the standings now and go, what? Apart from the Dodgers, <laughs> everything else has really, really moved about. The Yankees looked like they were tearing away. Now they, they look in a bit of a muddle, um, now below Tampa and Toronto. So, you know, there are some teams that have really, really fallen away. Houston are on a bit of a stinker of a run at the moment. And I've watched a little bit of the AL West this year. And at certain points, Seattle and the Angels just looked atrocious. But now they're actually on good runs and clawing back. And that's the the, the issue we've got uh, when it comes to the NL East. Because if you look at the fact that we're only 3.5 games back on Atlanta, if Atlanta, Atlanta now go on a, a bad run and they, let's say, at the next 10 games lose, I don't know, eight or seven of those, and we do the reverse, uh, or even if the New York Mets did the same, they would be in touching distance. So the whole thing has could still completely flip about even in the next 10 games. Um, uh, it's, it's too late for Washington to do any kind of resurgence like they did last year, obviously, and they don't they don't look good at all. And I think one of the interesting things we said at the start of the year, we said, oh, one of the problems we've got is our end of season schedule looks mm-hmm. nasty, mm-hmm. and because we've got Boston, we've got Washington, loads of games against the Braves, and they always beat us, and then we've got the Yankees. Well, at the moment, as it stands on form, Boston are pretty awful. Obviously, the Phillies are in a bit 
you know, resurgence because their bullpen has sorted itself out and their, their, their sort of rotation seems to be more settled. But um, the Yankees look there like they're there for the taking. Obviously, Boston are there for the taking. Atlanta, it looks like we're starting to turn tables on them, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not, you know, just the whipping boys for them and Freddie Freeman hitting sort of home runs for fun against us. So there is a really, really good chance that we could finish this um, over 500 and sneak in. So I, as it stands at the moment, the NLEs, you've got Braves, Phillies, Miami, Mets, Washington. I, I can see us finishing second, probably just behind the Braves. Um, and I'm still not convinced that the, I think this is just a, I think the, if we upset the Phillies, that's what we would have to, to get above them, then uh, I could see them going a bit rocky and falling below us. But um yeah, it, there's a long, long way to go, and there's going to be twenty, plenty of twists and turns. And the other thing that's going to be really exciting when we get to those last few games, oh, that those last couple of, of spaces to get into the the postseason, it's going to be mad. It's going to be so exciting. It really is. What's uh, just to finish up, then, guys? Lee, what's what's your thought? Actually, sorry, Rob. One one final bit to you, buddy. We're going to have a ton of double headers rocking up, so we've got two double headers this weekend. So in the Phillies, we play a double header Friday, then the Saturday's normal, and a double header Sunday, I think, is the schedule. So five and three means we're probably going to need to call up an arm or two um, to come and start a game, perhaps, or two. Um, I guess Dan Castano, you would think, would be one of those guys, but on the alternate training site, is there anyone else that you think is likely to come up and, and start a game or you know, would, would come in and fill a hole? It's, uh, it, I, I've just forgotten that. It's Nick Nider. Did he go down injured or is he back? He was COVID. He um, was co- yeah, he was COVID. Is, is still a Jupiter, I think, Nick Nider. So it, I, it, back from memory, yeah, I think that is. If he is, he's, a, he's an obvious one because he, he's... he's He's someone who who could um, uh, come back in. Um, I I don't know whether yeah, Costano is, is obviously an, an obvious one, um, or you could have a bullpen game. Um, sort of, um, I, I think we might see a few of those um, coming about. I think I think because of you, what you did expected, if we'd have had a, a normal season, a normal five man rotation, you might have put you know someone like. Uh, six or Trevor Rogers back down again. They've had a few games, watched the number of innings they're, they're doing, but they'll just keep going. So we'll just end up with a bigger rotation. They'll just, yeah, just put yeah. Castano back in, do a bullpen game. The Phillies going to have to do the same thing. Phillies yeah. are actually in a worse position than we are. They haven't got those arms to go down. But I, I'm not sure. Um, yeah. Imagine if the Phillies have to do a bullpen game against us. Wow, <laughs> it could be 20 0. <laughs> Could be a high-scoring game, yeah. Um, Good to call that out, mate. You're right to you're right to flag that. But and this is the point, right? When you don't have the depth, and we've seen what happens when you don't have the pitch in depth. Meatballs are served, and you lose games very quickly. They get out of hand very quickly. So this is the point for the Marlins: is we've had to call upon these guys that haven't pitched above a ball really before, but they're talented dudes. They're at A-ball because they're young, but their talent is unquestioned. And so, yes, you accelerate them, you know, in a way that they would have never had to before, but they're, they're top pitchers. 
What I've forgotten was Yamamoto. Yeah, and me, actually. I mean, Yams looked... <laughs> he didn't look right, did he? I mean, he, he... Let's hope he's worked stuff out. Because one thing we do know as well, the alternate training site, it's going to be competitive down there too. Like, you're going to have hitters down there who want to be back up. And it's not going to be a gimme for Yams um, down there. I mean, I'm, I'm intrigued to see what he's doing. I don't actually know. So um, try and get that one. Right, guys, conscious of time, Lee Dobbs, 16-team playoffs, so eight from each league. Um, yes or no? Do you like it? Do you not? No. <laughs> no. Dan the man? It's different, and it's been a different season. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, why not? For this year only? For this year only. Yeah, I'll, I'll say I'll, I'll add... For this year, yeah, it's fine. But going forward, no. Yeah, I agree. Rob, what about you on that one? I'm I'm on the fence on it a little bit. I need to wait and see how it works. I think if we get in, I, I think I love it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, it's um, the only thing. The thing I can see it staying because it adds that extra bit of excitement at the end of the season, where sometimes you get some of the divisions are, are decided quite early. It reminds me of that thing where they did the, the the in NASCAR where they did that shootout for the last ten games, uh, last ten races, on the basis that oh, normally the season's already decided by then, and those races become boring. So let's just you know cram another sort of playoff thing in the, at the end. So. Um, yeah, I can see MLB going, oh, this will create more excitement. Um, and, you know, lots of teams trying to scramble in there around the 500 mark. But the only problem is with it is it lowers the quality. If you've got teams that are not in yeah. the, and having a winning season getting yeah. through. And, so and, that, and that, That's that's my, my main issue is, yeah, you're going to get weak teams, you're going to get blowouts in the, I mean, as you see in the NBA usually, I know this year is slightly different with because it's, it's all you know neutral sites and stuff. But normally, you get the one v eight seed and it's four nil, four nil, four mm. like four nil. They're, they're not very exciting because they're just unmatched. I, I know baseball is maybe slightly different, yeah, because because obviously starting pitchers or you know things like that. It's not quite the same as like five and five. But yeah, I just think it it, de- it de- if you're playing 162 games as well, that's a lot of games to play when over half the league is just going to qualify. Someone like like the Dodgers by eighty games, they're they're, they're going to be in. Like mm. I think it just devalues the season too much, and it and it weakens the playoffs too much. Yeah. Do you get Do you get the situation where teams just start cruising the mid part, and then they try and ramp it back up? Like yeah. you know, like the Dodgers, they 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 blitz it. They know they're in. Then they kind of shut a few guys down, protect a few, and then they kind of ramp it because I think that's the problem with like a Dodgers who've last few years they've cruised in. The Braves last year they cruised in into the playoffs, resting guys, you know, not a full speed. Then they don't play the wild card. Next thing is they're smack bang in it against a team that is bang bang into it and they are hot. And then you get beat, you get chinned. That's the problem of a one six two is you end up with cold division winners because they're cruising but anyway that's another conversation for another day final final question and then i will let you boys go lee dobbs brooms out this week against the braves yes or no yes let's be yes Yes. rob newell brooms out versus the braves yes or no uh, my head says no. My heart says yes. So that's double brooms. Dan the man. I don't even need to ask. Why are you, yeah, why are you asking? 
sweeping everywhere. Absolutely. There is not going to be a speck of dust anywhere in the UK in the next few days. <laughs> Everything's going to be well swept. Sixto is going to absolutely tear him up, and then Pablo will finish them off. Bravos, no good. That is episode 62 in the books. Boys, awesome to be back. The goats are back. We'll be back very soon. Thank you to the listeners. 